Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Landform Design Institute podcast, Getting Closure. My name is Mike Cocaine. Today, I'm really pleased and uh, happy to, to welcome John Pumphrey. Uh, John and I have known each other for a number of years. He is the president of North Coal, who are developing the Loop Ridge and Michelle Head Metallurgical Coal properties in the Elk Valley, which is in the southeast corner of British Columbia. Uh, welcome, John. Thank you for spending time with the Landform Design Institute. Hey, thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak with you in the Landform Design Institute and talk a bit about uh, our project and, and some things we're doing that, that uh, I think you find a lot of interest in. Right on. Looking forward to it. Hey, one of the things that we're going to do is uh, John and I are going to spend some time together chatting on the first half of this episode, and then we're going to switch things up a bit. And we got a little uh, pretty cool thing we're going to do is we're going to uh, do that on the back half of the podcast. Uh, we're going to go out and pick things up in the field in the Elk Valley. Uh, John and I are going to be joined by Robert Williams, or, or Stubby as he is affectionately referred to. Stubby is a member of the Akam community and has been an entrepreneur and community leader there for many years. So he spends a lot of time supporting Tanaha youth, as well as being the First Nations coordinator. Uh, Stubby also led the Fur Bears group and the Reclamation and Closure group for North Coal that gathered traditional knowledge from knowledge holders and elders by bringing them into the project area, uh, the project that John is going to be sharing with us today. I'm looking forward to learning from both John and Stubby about Tunaha's and North Coal's journey with respect to mining in the Elk Valley. So John, right at the very start, I know when we chatted before as we're preparing for the podcast, you spoke to your experience when you first met the folks at North Coal as you were starting to think about uh, coming to work in the Elk Valley. I, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind uh, starting there and sharing. Sure, yeah, happy to do so. Um, so I guess going back to 2013, Mike, um, when this project really hadn't hit the ground, it was it was a it was a concept and idea. Um, I met the original uh, owners of the of the project, and you know they were very much focused on geology and future potential and and models and all the things that I really wasn't familiar with. You know, I came into this role from environmental background uh, with operations experience, but. Really, you know, I couldn't look at a geology model and, and heads to tails didn't know what they were showing me. Um, but anyway, it sounded real good. And, you know, we went through a brief interview period and I kind of slowed down and said, listen, I, I appreciate, you know, your focus on geology and coal resources here. I'm sure uh, there's a there's a great future potential in, in front of us. But, uh, you know, the issues and, and, the, and, the, and the items we really have to focus on to, to design, develop and, and build, construct and operate a uh, mine in the Elk Valley are very much focused on environment. They're focused on water quality, closure, reclamation, um, uh, ensuring that there's long-term sustainability in, uh, of the operation that, and that we're uh, you know, developing a mine that meets all of the social criteria that, that are uh, you know, very important to people that live in the Elk Valley and, and outside of the Elk Valley. So, um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, they, they took it to heart and, and uh, they understood enough to know about water quality that it was a concern, and even without my extensive geology mine planning knowledge, uh, decided to put me in charge of the project. And uh, yeah, quite you know fortunate to be able to to work on the project over the last eight years and to see the drilling come through to fruition of geology models and mine planning uh, with extensive focus on, as I said, ensuring that the landforms that we designed and uh, and reclaim have are able to 
um, manage and, and mitigate concerns around water, but also um, ensure that those landforms, uh, through reclamation at an early at an early process, um, have the you know wildlife capability, landform capability, um, all of the values that not just local users, but in particular, you know, indigenous people that live in this area and and utilize this area for sustaining their lifestyle. You know, those landforms are able to support the needs of those people. So quite broad, but you know, when you compile all of those components of landform uh, designs. Um, you know, I feel we were able to, and, and we're on the right path to to meeting those goals and objectives. Well, I know. Thanks for that, John. And I I know that when um, when you came to me and said, "Hey, and Gord McKenna, our 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 visionary and founder for the Landform Design Institute," um, and you you came to us and said, I, "I think we need to do something different here in the Elk Valley to to yeah, move this yeah. site forward." And and that's right. Uh, that that's that's the thing that really appealed to me um, when when we reconnected on the project. And and I agree. Uh, and we'll talk about it uh, more as we go on here in the podcast. That that you guys really on truly are doing uh, things a little bit differently. But before we get there, how did you how did you come to be interviewed at uh, by the folks from Northco? What's uh, where did you where did you start off with in the mining industry, John? Well, yeah, Mike, obviously, you know, I had the, the pleasure of working with yourself and, and working directly with Gord um, over 20 years ago now up up in uh, the Alberta oil sands and working with Syncrude. Um, and, you know, just coming out of university and having a few years in the field, I was uh, I couldn't have been more blessed to be able to uh, to work with some of, the, you know, some of the leaders globally uh, around, you know, reclamation, enclosure, landform design and Spent the first number of years really in the field, boots on the ground, uh, walking landforms, spending time with Gord, looking at everything from designs on paper through to implementation and construction in the field and really understanding what worked but what didn't work and how could we stabilize landforms but also ensure those landforms had all of the, um, you know, vegetation, wildlife, um, you know, hydrology, hydrogeology components to ensure they were stable over the long term. So. Anyway, to cut a long story short, you know, spending some really great years at Syncrude, working with some really, um, you know, visionary type people, um, okay. being heavily involved in research and development, um, moving from oil sands into uh, coal mining in the Elk Valley, I was able to, you know, take those learnings and, and work with um, a different company uh, in the Elk Valley and, and what they had on the ground and how uh, how their challenges were similar yet different. And obviously, you know, Northern Alberta, Southern BC, um, different climate, uh, some different interests, but overlapping interests to some degree, able to then kind of hit the ground in the coal mining industry and spend a number of years working on, you know, early on uh, reclamation and closure, but then moving into uh, research and development and focusing on some right. of the some of the core issues around water and water quality. Um, and, you know, from that, you know, from there, really um, trying to work with a with a very strong team um, with that company around how do we um, manage not just in the short term but long term uh, water quality and the effects of mining uh, in a in a valley and so you know you know moving into this role Mike um, you know I worked obviously closely with yourself and Gord and others uh, in that previous company uh, in looking at you know what are the different options what are the different design features we can do that are outside the box that are different that are innovative. But at the same time, you know, globally proven in, in other jurisdictions, how can we, you know, bring those into this area to uh, to do things different, as you said earlier, and really 
think about the problem differently. It, it's maybe don't think about water quality as an end of pipe issue. Think about it as a landform issue and, and, and it's, uh, or a concern, I should say, and something that should get addressed from the first moment the shovel hits the ground versus try to deal with it at the end of the day, which is end of pipe solution. So, you know, spent a number of years working on that with that company and then coming into this role, as you know, back in 2013, knowing what our challenges were going to be if we had done things as if we had done things in the way they were done in the past, wanting to, wanting to do things differently. You know, I brought that team together, yourself and Gord and a number of other, um, you know, globally recognized scientists, engineers, uh, technical people and social people as well yeah. to to really start start to put some ideas and concepts on the table, Mike. And and as you know, yeah, I think, you know, we had, you know, 40 different design options on the table, which, you know, working those through uh, a series of tests, understanding what would work, what couldn't work, what was feasible, what wasn't, um, you know, we ended up with a very, you know, defined set of design objectives that both met a water quality criteria, but also met closure reclamation um, long-term sustainability criteria. And that's really what we're working with today. And, and we're looking to move into uh, construction and operations in the coming years. Yeah, that's, that's you, you've, you've hit it on there because what comes to mind as you're, as you're talking about that, John, for me, is what I always got a sense of at what North Coal is attempting to, to, to work through is that, that is, is, is asking themselves um, and questions, not or questions. It's not, can we have a mine or can we have water quality? It's let's have water quality and a stable landform and the mine for economic development uh, and, and you know, the strong, strong future for metallurgical coal in, in the province of British Columbia. It sort of really builds into the Landform Design Institute um, concepts of the 12 principles, which is beginning with the end in mind, um, being able to, uh, to, to understand that the land is eventually going to transition back to uh, uh, the land users that are there right now. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, that landform, like, you know, as you said, you know, starting with the end in mind, you, you're going to develop a landform and a, and, a, and a, you know, design, but essentially a landform in the end, where I really feel, you know, after a number of years of, of vegetation and wildlife use, you really won't know that that landform was not originally there. It, it develops that hydrologic regime, it develops all of the capabilities, wildlife capacity, that would have originally been on that landscape. Right, yeah. So I wanted to take you back to one of the things that you talked about um, when we first started off here, which is your boots on the ground. And is there something that you would share uh, on your experience or, or something that say, hey, if I had a chance to, to do something more as you're growing up as a young professional to where you are today, where you go, that was actually really useful. Like when you're, when you're, when you're back there, and you're, you're you're just learning and listening, and you know your boots are just getting on the ground, and you're getting dirty. And then now you're 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 essentially you're you're the president of a of a of a, of a couple of very large properties and a and a and a company. It's how how did you get there? What are the things that you pass on to people to 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 be able to to keep their motivation going uh, as they go through their journey, John? Not to say that you're at the end of your journey yet. <laughs> well, I hope not. And we have, we've got a long, bright future ahead of us. Um, no, I, you know, I think like any career, you know, I, I've, I've always been quite open to opportunities and learning. And so 
when I go back 20 years ago when I was working with Gord, you know, it was a, it was very diverse and dynamic in terms of what we did. You know, I I did spend time in front of a computer sp- computer screen, but you know, it was a small portion of my time. I I was in and out of mining pits. I was, you know, working a bit with operations. You know, I was directly involved with soil salvage and, and storage. And then I got to see everything from, you know, the, the mined pit where the ore body was being uh, mined and processed, not necessarily processed, but mined, all the way to getting to walk a reclaimed landscape that had 10, 15 years worth of, you know, semi-mature um, vegetation uh, growing. And, and it was it was really great to be able to be, you know, both in the pit, see mining, but then spend time on the reclaimed end and showing other people that reclaimed end and, and being part of the planning framework around that um you know and and i never i never really fell into one kind of silo mike around you know this is what you had to do in a career path Mm -hmm. you know i really felt that you know i would look at opportunity as it as it came to me and i would embrace it and try to learn as much as i could um both through my own experience but by listening to others and listening to my peers and and my and my seniors that that knew more and and asking the right questions you know it, it was a it was a fantastic period of time, you know, those earlier years in the oil sands and, um, you know, the sky was your limit. You could do whatever you wanted and, and learn as much as you could and be involved in as much as you could. And really, if you have the personality and, and you have the perspective that, you know, you have to work hard, um, you know, but at the same time, work, working hard comes with a whole lot of benefits. You get to learn a whole lot and you get to carry that forward into your future. And, and really, you know, it, it's such a great you know, learning all those things now, it's so great because I'm working with a fantastic team here at North Pole. I get to share all of that with the team and, and you know, I get to brainstorm and listen to their ideas. But, you know, from what I've seen and what others have seen, we have a really great uh, suite of skills and, and uh, technical folk and, and social folk as well in the, in the, on the team here who are going to be a big part of this project in, in the future. Well, I, I, I know that I've been fortunate enough to, to work with uh, many people on your team. Uh, Bill and Patty and, and and a number of people on that, and I think what you're talking about represents the breadth of of knowledge and experience, and that really bigger picture vision thinking, but also being able to get down into the details. And your project uh, team, I think that you guys are based in Sparwood. I think it really represents that. And I know everyone that I work with at O'Kane really they love working with North North Goal and the openness yeah. and learning. Yeah, you know, one of the other things I should have touched on that, you know, one of the one of the great things that we're still learning as we go and we'll always be learning, which, again, I'm thankful for, you know, working closely with the Tanaha and in particular with Stubby, uh, who will meet in the field uh, in the near future here, learning from the Indigenous people who use this land and, you know, what their concerns and their future interests are in terms of the landforms and landform design. Um, you know, they think about the landform differently. It's it, they have a long, long cultural history associated with it, and you know we have we had the opportunity to work with the Tanaha closely over the last number of years, and I embraced it fully, and will continue to do so in the future. But we were able to integrate cultural values, spiritual values, into our landform design, and that's quite different. You know, the technical Western world will often say. You know, at this slope angle, at this, you know, on this aspect, you know, you need X, Y, Z. Um, whereas we're working with elders and and Tunaha community members, um, you know, their interests are, you know, we want to be able to hunt, we want to be able to fish, we want to be able to gather, we want to be able to trap, we want to be able to do it for many generations. You really got to get your head around those those you know four kind of goals and objectives because there's a lot to those. Yes. And in working with those teams and and understanding what that really means. 
it's added so much uh, knowledge and value to our project and our team. And I, you know, I think in the years to come, we're just going to continue to learn more and integrate those cultural values into our project. And it, you know, we're so fortunate to be able to have that relationship uh, with the Tanam and be able to work so closely with those people that have spent, you know, decades and decades on the on the land on the land base. Right. And I, I wanted to come back and ask you about how that's translated or how that has um, uh, uh, come to fruition and, and how that, that occurs at your board level uh, of North Coal. But uh, before doing that, I, I did want it reminds me to share a story of uh, uh, maybe going back five, six years ago when I was presenting at a, at a, at a community meeting and um, and I was talking about waste rock dumps and building better waste rock dumps. And uh, and then one of the elders came up to me at the break, and I and I think it was, I thought incredible leadership because he could have said something to be what he said, you know, with everyone there, and it would have been actually quite embarrassing for me because I I was making a mistake. And he said to me, he goes, you know, Mike, you seem like a trust with your guy. It seems like you're you know what you're doing, but uh, if I could ask you, uh, can you stop calling my ancestors? Um, uh, waste, because uh, those mountains that you're, you know, you guys are are talking about, that's that's our creation story. Right. And uh, yeah. and 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 I thought, what leadership just to pull me aside, but also just that sharing of that knowledge. And then he encouraged me to go to the interpretive center and uh, and and come down to the office and and chat with people, which I did. And from that day forward, I've I've never called him a waste rock dump ever again. I've called it a, a mine rock stockpile. Um, simply from the fact that it might not mean a lot to to many people, but uh, you know uh, the term waste uh, didn't sit well, and I think it was very fair. Um, has that sort of approach and that sort of thought process, you know, it seems like it filtered throughout your North North Coal. Has it come up into the board level as well, and how has that changed things for you? Yeah, I I remember you know Mike, I remember that meeting, and I remember I think that meeting changed a lot of our perspectives we were looking at you know everything from a mine engineering mine planning perspective right i remember the discussion coming back to the table around waste rock and we've struck that word from our vocabulary and from our documents um and out of absolute respect and reverence for the tanaha and, and their their past culture and stories and so yeah you're right it has you know it's greatly sculpted and shaped who we are and what we say um and and, and you know you talk about our board um, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to to host a board meeting at the Eugene Mission back when we actually met in person. And uh, I do look forward to being able to do that again in the future. Um, but we did host a meeting at the Eugene Mission and we did actually have a chief come in and share the creation story with our board. Um, and it, it was a it was a fantastic moment of 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 uh, of, of learning and interest on, on behalf of our board and, and, you know, whom of which have greatly embraced and fully support. Um, North Cole's approach to uh, working, collaborating, uh, and respecting Indigenous beliefs and values in our in our project. So, back at that board meeting, there certainly was a prior respect of Indigenous people. But that that meeting, when the chief w- was able to share that creation story, had a major impact in terms of uh, how uh, people from outside of our region um, looked at our project. And, and I'm speaking to the board now. Uh, and how they looked at the indigenous people that we work with. It was uh, it was it was certainly a shift and and influenced and impacted uh, kind of our you know our boards look forward and and we we continue to to carry that uh, to carry that vision and and uh, and their and their values within the board of 
of fully respecting Indigenous people and their values. Yeah, that's excellent. So, John, you obviously live in the Valley. Um, the Valley means a lot to you. I know you're uh, very much into outdoor recreation and spending time with your family. And I don't think that you're a lot different than many, many other people, if not all people who live in the Valley. Um, and then there's this balance of, 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 of the economic aspect of, um, of uh, you know, moving forward with, uh, with development and, and uh, furthering, you know, metallurgical coal mining and the, and the, and the future in British Columbia. I just wanted to speak to your, if you wouldn't mind, your experience and your thoughts around those, what some and often is seen as uh, as opposing perspectives and, and your experience and trying to bring those together in the Elk Valley. Yeah, sure, Mike. Um, yeah, so, you know, I have a family here, wife and kids in the Elk Valley, and, and we spend a lot of time on, on, you know, in the great outdoors. I mean, everything from mountain biking to uh, you know, fly fishing and hunting, hiking, you know, we live in this area because of the outdoors and we're just blessed that we can also make a living and, and create jobs and, and see economic growth. You, you know, it's, it's, couldn't be more important, Mike, for someone like myself in my position to be developing a project that does not have long-term negative impacts to the environment. It couldn't be more important. Um, the, the, the water that flows nearby my residence and that, we spend time on in the summer, whether we're swimming, floating, or fly fishing. Um, you know, the 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 wildlife, the fish that uh, they utilize that 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 resource. Um, you know, it's something that we we love and and respect. And so, you know, the designs that that uh, that we have in place for this mine are built with that particular focus in mind. We must protect the environment. Um, while at the same time finding that balance to create jobs and see economic growth. And you know as well as I do, our world is, is developing and growing. There's a lot of developing countries that will need steel and will need steel making coal in the production of steel. Um, so I strongly believe that you know, mining that coal, that resource in a jurisdiction in a region such as ours with environmental protections and designs in place such as our company has um, will have a greater impact on protecting, you know, not just this region, but, you know, protect our, our world um, than taking coal from another jurisdiction that may not have the same safeguards in place. So, uh, you know, we're very much focused on ensuring that where we where we work uh, and, and where we develop, we almost we must protect where we like to play and enjoy and recreate. So it is a balancing act, but, you know, it's it's very achievable, I think. Uh, and certainly as in regards to our project, it's something that is front and foremost uh, in finding that balance of environment, uh, economic, social, and cultural, um, cultural uh, respect and and uh, and values. Yeah, that's excellent, John. I really get a sense, especially when I, you know, I'd encourage the podcast listeners to uh, have a look at uh, North Cole's uh, website. It has, uh, it it offers all of those perspectives that John's talking about. And uh, as we lead into the break here, and, and John and I are going to connect up with each other out in the field with Stubby, um, we'll uh, learn a little bit more about North Coal. And, uh, but I encourage you to check out their website. And uh, with that, John, uh, we will talk in the field, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for, for sharing this uh, thus far. Really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Mike. Look forward to uh, meeting you out at our site. All right. Take care, and we'll talk soon. You bet. Thanks now. This episode of Getting Closure is sponsored by North Coal. 
North Coal is developing the Michelle Coal project in the Elk Valley of southeastern British Columbia. We will produce steel-making coal that will be used to make high-quality steel for renewable energy systems, hospitals, schools, bridges, and other essential structures. At North Coal, we do things differently. Our modern mine design puts the protection of water and air quality at the center of our plan. We employ technologies that will keep clean water clean and use a multi-barrier approach to water protection at the source. This includes globally proven innovations to managing mined rock. Since we started here, North Coal has routinely collaborated with the Tanaka Nation. We have consulted broadly with traditional knowledge holders and land users. At North Pole, we are committed to doing things right from the very start. Check us out at northpole.ca. And now back to Mike and John. We're back with John Pumphrey, and we've also been joined by Stubby here. And uh, uh, really cool to be out in the field. And we'll continue our conversation about the uh, North Coal uh, Loop Bridge uh, project. So, John, if you wouldn't mind just uh, telling us where we're at in the field right now and uh, just maybe the general uh, direction from Sparwood where North Coal's offices are. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's great to be back and it's great to be in the field and uh, actually in person. Um, really nice to see you and great to have uh, Stubby here with us. Uh, we're standing um, uh, in an area called Loop Ridge. Uh, it's part of the North Coal Michelle Coal project, uh, one of our main coal deposits. Sparwood is kind of west over the ridge that way from where we're standing um, and this is as I said one of our main areas uh, that will be mining uh, steel making coal. Um, I think it's as I said great to have Stubby here today and, and I think one of the key things Mike that we talked about was closure and reclamation and how North Coal took a different approach and looked to really integrate um, an indigenous and Tunaha perspective in terms of uh, how we designed our, our closure and reclamation and Really looking forward to hearing from Stubby uh, around uh, how the Tanaha and, and in particular Stubby led a, a core group around building that closure and reclamation plan. Uh, my name is Robert Williams, known as Stubby. I am from the Akam Reserve, which is part of the Tanaha Nation. I have lived there all my life. I am a former business owner and now working with North Coal. I was uh, approached by John a few years back to join the team and it's been a good trip since. Well that's great Stubby, thank you. It's so good to, uh, we met each other a number of years ago but it's really good to see you here especially out in the field. And uh, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind taking a minute for, for all of us to, to learn more about you uh, in terms of uh, you know our, from the area obviously and then uh, how you uh, came to not just from coming to North Coal, but also your your journey or your path to actually leading to that you uh, are uh, have this experience with respect to closure and reclamation and and what what what's driving that and how did that drive drive you to to where you are here helping North Coal and helping your community. The first thing we remember when we're doing reclamation uh, is. We're bringing the land back for people in the future, for our future grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. So when we start a project, we're always looking at the end. We want to know what this is going to be like when it's finished. We're here for the animals, right from the ungulate right to the little insects. And 
we we talk for them. We we have been given this um, uh, responsibility by the Nipica and most a lot of the Dunaka take that seriously. Uh, we've had people in the that came into the area a while back, say about ten years ago, and they have noticed the big change, and we're hoping to make the change better. They've seen the bad change. We want good change. The, the reason why I like reclamation so much is because um, I've, when I was younger I used to do um, spacing. Uh, we're lo doing logging but it was uh, in a way that we weren't uh, destroying it like over there. <laughs> it's, uh, it was done properly back in, the, back in the day when we used to do uh, logging and reclamation work. I owned a plant nursery and we did work for a different company but um, that reclamation project is slow. We were hoping, well we know we're going to start right from the beginning. We're going to be here from the beginning to the end. Uh, thanks for that Stubby. That's really excellent because I, I love that you use that, you know, um, start at the end or think about the end and that's what uh, that speaks exactly to the Landform Design Institute's first principle is, is, you know, begin mining with the end in mind. And, uh, but I'm wondering if, and, and John and I spoke about that uh, early in the first half, but I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind even taking us af back even, even further to the, to, uh, their, the creation story, right? Of, of even further back than where you went in terms of just how much this land and these mountains and this rock here mean uh, to to the community? One of our uh, elders, he talks about how this company is going to um, strip mother nature to the bones, make her naked to the bones. And as a company, we have the responsibility to put it back together as best as we can, to dress her up as best we can. And that was that is with the proper trees, uh, vegetation. Everything has to be done right. We're we're not Nipica, but we're we were given the job to look after the land. Uh, we do have a creation story, but I don't really feel comfortable telling it. But uh, there are storytellers in our nation that do do storytelling. I am not one of them. I am. I am more of a observer, doer, and whatnot. I don't uh, tell stories much, but I will try my best. A uh, long time ago, when the animals ruled the world, there was a, a water monster, uh, Yawunik. He lived in the waters. He would go around and he would steal children and off the beaches and whatnot, when he was swimming around, he would kill them. He would, he was having a good time. Uh, the other animals got together and they wanted to get rid of him because he was being so destructive. So, as a band, as a nation, they got together. They chased Yawunik through the Columbia River system, through the Kootenai River system. This is before the, uh, uh, before. Naklsmukzi uh, knocked the mountain down and trapped Yawunik. But um, at the end, they did capture him at Columbia Lake. They
cut them up, threw them around, threw his pieces around. If you see uh, hoodoos in the area, that's Yawunuk's uh, ribs. Um, there are some at Dutch Creek near Fairmont uh, that people always talk about. That's some, I, I got some right out of my side of my house that they actually do look like ribs. If you look up on the side of the mountain heading north, you'll see an area that has a big red spot. That's Yawunuk's uh, blood. Thanks very much, Toby. That's just uh, amazing uh, to hear the stories and the experience that you have and what you're bringing to the project. Um, I, I can tell it just means so much to the project and, and to, the, to the people in the community. I especially uh, really like the generational aspect that you're bringing to it. It's, 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 it's us now. It's our children, our grandkids, our great-grandkids. It's many, many generations from now that we're thinking about. So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, so, John, how has this perspective of including the community, uh, including the Indigenous perspective, um, how has that uh, influenced the, the direction of the project, uh, if, it, if it has in, in some way? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, you know, from the beginning, when we started working with uh, Tanaha and the people, particularly with Stubby, it's been a it's been a real, very interesting, and, and very much a learning exercise for North Cole. Um, we we understand and fully respect how important the land is for traditional use, for indigenous use, and both from historical and for, from future perspective. But one of the learnings um, through the work that Stubby and and uh, and other Tunaha uh, citizens uh, were involved in was, you know, the, the thought process around historical use and future use. And, and Stubby had mentioned wildlife and, and animals and insects. Um, you know, we had three main deposits as part of the project. And with the work led by the fur bearers group that Stubby led, um, one, of the, one of our mining areas became quite obvious early on in our work. Um, that it had a very special, unique place uh, for the Tanaha, both from a traditional use perspective, so it was a historical route used to move in and out of uh, different areas, but it also had some, some wildlife values that were obvious in, in current use, but you know, it was obvious that it would be used for, for um, you know, many future years. Uh, so in working closely with the Tanaha and, and taking you know, very good advice from, from the fur bearers group, uh, North Cold made the decision to remove that particular area from our mining plans and to leave that area uh, undisturbed for the future and to make sure that that area could be used for traditional uses but also that it would remain an intact part of a migration corridor for grizzly bears, for the other ungulates, for wolves, you know, cougars, other, other animals that work, work through that area. And, you know, I think it, it's important because it, it, it'll remain intact for, for hundreds of thousands of years to come. Uh, you know, it, wasn't, it, it was an economic decision, but more importantly, it was a, it was a cultural environmental decision that our, that our company agreed to, and uh, we're quite proud of it. And I know the Tanaha are, are very pleased that we've made that decision as well. And Stubby can speak a little bit more to the work that the Fur Bearers Group did, which was excellent work. We, we did uh, the Fur Bearers and Wreck and Closure Studies on, in the area with uh, some Tunaka Nation members, uh, elders, land users, elder land users and land users, which I'll explain a little bit about. We have our elder land users who's, who have used the land since like 
since uh, when their their grandparents and parents taught them. And they, they're still out there, they're still walking. Alfred Joseph, Robert Louis are a couple of the elders, Hazel Joseph, that can still walk around. They're 70 years old and I still have a hard time keeping up with them. <laughs> uh, so we came out here with uh, the younger group in the winter, spring and I believe fall to do studies with on the animals here uh, to find out what was here. Uh, when we got into the tent um, mountain area, right away you could see, I noticed that the boys in the vehicle were getting all antsy and they wanted to get out because they, they knew there was things around there and they went, they were gone before, before we were out of the truck. They were all out and about looking around. They found the grizzly bear uh, tracks, the sow and the cub. They seen a lot of wolf tracks, uh, elk, and they knew it was a corridor because of the, when we, when you look through there and you look at both sides of those mountains, you know they're coming and going through that area. And the boys picked up on that and they, right away they wanted something done about that area. They looked at vegetation in the area. They were quite pleased with what they seen. These are, uh, boys and men that go out in the bush mo probably about three four times out of the week they'll get off work and they're, they're out in the bush that's where they spend most of the time and that's why that was so important when they seen it uh, when north coal pulled that project that part of the project out of the plan um, my son-in-law who was one of the fur bear was in the fur bear study he said that it was the first time he's ever worked with a company that had did something like that, that they've pulled the um, area out that was so important to the people. Usually it was some, we, we would usually end up getting some kind of compensation or something for that. And they're, they're happy. They, they want to, the citizens do want to work with um, North Coal. They look at uh, this as future income for their kids or even themselves. Thank you so much for that stubby and we can see the uh, the deer uh, jumping over in the background uh, uh, behind us. It's uh, pretty incredible out here and of course what connects things a lot is water and water quality and in addition to that then that forms you know the the landform uh, and and speaks to a lot of the things that, that stubby was was speaking to. So I'm wondering John how did you, if you pick up from the first half of the podcast, uh, within the Landform Design Institute, one of our principles is, is follow every drop of water. Uh, essentially, that water balance, that water quality. So how how was that created and, and formed and influenced the project um, uh, to date? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Good question. And, and it's a real big one for, it was a big, real big one for us early on in the project. Um, you know, when, when I came into this role uh, near 10 years ago now, uh, you know, the early focus was on on the resource, the, you know, the steel making coal, and but it didn't it that didn't take long for us to quickly shift our focus to how do we protect the watershed, how do we protect the rivers that we fish in, that the Tanaha people use, uh, that people swim in, and and so uh, not long after, you know, we were really firm on the the steel making coal reserve resource, we moved quickly to landform design and landform design geared not only for wildlife and, and vegetation, but 
landform designed uh, to protect the watershed. Um, we, we pulled together a team in 2013, 2014, um, of which you were part of, uh, and we went through a very rigorous assessment of different landform design options, geared and focused on, as I said, habitat and wildlife habitat, but more importantly, uh, water, and how do we ensure the water that is in contact with our mine does not negatively impact uh, the water, the greater watershed. So over a period of, of a number of years, um, we went through different mine designs, different means of managing rock and handling rock, and we landed on some very core designs to the project that uh, have made, made their way through a number of engineering studies now. Uh, and through modeling and uh, testing, uh, both in labs and in the field, we, had, we now have a design that, as I said, meets you know, land use objectives in the future, but keeps clean water clean. And that's our objective is to keep clean water clean, ensure that the watershed, the fish, the people that use it, uh, can use it for generations to come without seeing contamination as a result of mining. So it's, it's a core, core value, a core principle uh, at North Coal uh, is protecting water and landform design ties very tightly to protecting water and the watershed. Stubby, if you could talk to the importance of water uh, to your peoples, to your, your, your community, um, and uh, I, I imagine there's a similar connection uh, with, the, with, with the animals all the way from the ungulates to the insects and, and all those in between um, with respect to how water connects uh, across the landscape as well. As Dunaka, we look at the Kootenai River and the Columbia River. The way they they are shaped, it's the high top moccasin of the the traditional moccasin of the Dunaka. So you look at it; the toe is up uh, in the um, Big Bend area. The heel would be around the Castle Guard area, and it's shaped like a high top moccasin. And the import the importance of water is. It's our life. Without water, there's nothing. All the little streams that run into the big rivers are the, they're the lifeline. They're the ones that are feeding that. Those are the laces of our moccasins that hold us together when we're doing what we need to do on the land. Yeah, thanks, Mike and, and Stubby. That was that was very interesting. Um, you know, North Coal. You know, we're we're fully committed to working together with uh, our the indigenous peoples that work in and around and with our project, in particular with Stubby and Tanaha Nation, uh, but also with our communities, Sparwood, Elkford, Fernie, Crow's Nest Pass, Cranbrook. Um, it's, it's a project for the people, of the people. Uh, we want to make sure that this is a project that, not just for our generation now, but our generations in the future, um, is something that people can be proud of, both while they're working on it and while they look back uh, in the past and talk about what a great job they, you know, we did. So we, we want to be proud of what we did. and, and you know, I think it's important that, uh, you know, the way that we can develop a mining project here in Canada, uh, you know, with the best human rights, uh, environmental uh, protections, regulatory framework, Indigenous partnerships and involvement, it's done best right here in Canada. Steel making coal is going to be required for decades to come, um, and North Coal, you know, will be part of that future. We can mine steel making coal right here in BC. Um, ensuring that the best practices around environmental, um, social, human rights, uh, health and safety uh, are all world-class, best-in-class. So at North Coal, 
you know, we're taking a very comprehensive look and approach to mining steel making coal. We've talked today about, you know, the indigenous importance and, and sorry, the indigenous component and involvement in mining and the partnerships, but the environmental and the social, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to demonstrate to the world that, that we can mine steel making coal, um, you know, using the best practices available, um, ensuring that we maintain and protect our watersheds, ensuring that we protect our people and, and our people's values. Uh, and in doing so, um, you know, we will uh, produce a, a commodity that is greatly required and as I said for, for years to come uh, and we'll do so in a manner that's world-class uh, and you know I, I, strong, I stand strongly behind that statement and believe that uh, with the work that we've done over the last 10 years and will continue to do for years to come um, we'll be able to, to demonstrate uh, to the world that, that we can do so. Thanks very much John I really appreciate that and, and, and Stubby and we'll We'll start to wrap it up here and and add this second half of our podcast and we're gonna and then shift it over and and gordon and i will have a uh, a chat and as we're aware and you guys are know that gord mckenna is our our visionary for the landform design institute he created the landform design institute and uh and out of a need to get better um, and do this closure and mine reclamation thing better um, and i think that's on display with north coal where Gord's vision is that uh, we've been talking a lot about the why and the need for landform design and having a comprehensive approach to developing a mine and operating a mine and into generations and generations as Stubby has talked about. And the Landform Design Institute wants to say, okay, yeah, we need to keep talking about that, but now we actually have to have tools to talk about the how and actually put that into action. And that's what the Landform Design Institute is about, is, is putting those tools into action and creating those tools and, and, and then just transferring that information out uh, to the community. And I think North Coal is a great example of, of having that vision and then developing our tools and, and doing the how, not just doing the talking about doing the how. Um, so I wanted to thank Stubby. Uh, it's just amazing to, to see you out in the field and see you again. And, and John, uh, what a pleasure. Thanks for, for having me here today. What a wonderful time out in the field with John and Stubby. Back here with Gord. Uh, good to see you, Gord, uh, our Landform Design Institute uh, visionary. Uh, your thoughts, Gord, uh, on what you what you heard and experienced. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. I was uh, blown away again by uh, by the interview. Um, and uh, with both John and Stubby there, and, and so nice that you could get out in the field. Ours is a, a field profession, and uh, isn't that great to to spend the time on on the mine site? Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, Gord. It's just fantastic to to be out on the field. I really enjoyed it, and uh, good to see some faces and and doing all, of course, all the right social distancing things. But I I felt a better connection to to folks and be able to see them. So. So how did you feel about uh, the project and, and hearing about it again uh, since you've been involved in the project in the past and you also know John so well? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to highlight three things out of uh, what I heard from your interview along those lines. One is, is just remembering, Mike, when you and I were approached uh, for work on the Loop Ridge project there um, back uh, quite a few years ago now, and uh, it really was a, a request for help 
with the how-to of mining with the end in mind and, and really wanting to leave a positive legacy uh, for the communities in the Elk Valley and in this uh, corner of Canada here. Um, it's a beautiful valley and, and uh, you get that hearing, uh, hearing John and Stubby. This integration uh, across time, you know, the, the mine site has had a tiny amount of mining. Uh, it's almost green fields, but we were asked to help them understand the, the whole life cycle and what it was going to look like at the end. And so um, it's nice to see that. Uh, it also has to, it's a, a single mine site, but it's within the broader valley and within the region. So it's that integration uh, across the space. I'm delighted in listening to John talk about uh, our early days working together in the oil sands. I remember uh, meeting him for the first time uh, up there as a forester uh, and watching his career progress and, and this multidisciplinary nature of things that we're working on in the Institute. John has embodied uh, moving from being a forester to a uh, to now being the president of the company and, and bringing all those skills along the way to bear. And I'm especially excited to see the collaboration. It's hard to figure out how to uh, do collaboration and North Coles uh, seems to be doing that very well. So often we think consultation with local communities and indigenous peoples is enough, but it really needs to be uh, true collaboration. We're seeing that with having uh, Stubby involved right in the design team here and getting out in the field and sharing his stories and, and helping make decisions about which way the mine should go and, and how it should proceed. So really excited to see all those things. They're truly embracing the, the 12 principles for the Landform Design Institute and, and a lot of what, Mike, you and I learned, we learned on this project together and, and the details of of how to design uh, these mine rock piles and and these sites, uh, test driving this landform design, and I think we're we're seeing some pretty positive results. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Gord. That's fantastic. Uh, what a great wrap up. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, awesome to see you again. Uh, so until next time, uh, bye for now, everyone. <laughs>